ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk All Around Sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 310th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football as well as many other sports. So I'll begin with my highlight of the week, which is we're coming off one of Boston's best sports weekends in recent memory. Uh, the city, Boston, is beside itself as both the Bruins and Celtics have advanced to round two in the NBA and NHL, respectively. And there's just nothing like it up here. Uh, When both teams are in the postseason, especially if they've each won their first round, which is exactly what happened, uh, the Bees, Bruins, beat the Lightning in game one on Saturday, which was an epic day, by the way. And then Saturday night, the Celtics and Sixers went at it in a game seven at the Boston Garden. And the Celtics won. So now we're going to go into the Wayback Machine with the Celtics facing the 76ers, one of the all-time great NBA rivalries starting tonight. In fact, I saw a note over the weekend that they played more uh, playoff series than any two teams in NBA history. Uh, not a surprise to me because um, they've had some epic, epic battles. We all, of course, remember uh, going back to the Larry Bird era, which we do often on this show, and the famous ghost of Celtics past walking around the Boston Garden that famous Sunday afternoon. Uh, when uh, the Sixers finally broke through to beat the Celtics in a Game 7 in Boston. And that, of course, was the day that the famous Beat L.A. chant was created and uh, still lives to this day. Uh, Not just in Boston, but many other cities have adopted it as well. And uh, we also remember back around 1982, I think it was, maybe 81, early in the Larry Bird era when the Celtics came back from a 3-1 deficit in the playoffs. And those matches, uh, those games were just unbelievable. The entire series, uh, you know, we all know the Celtics players, uh, Bird, McHale, Parrish, Ainge. And, uh, of course, the Sixers back in the day had, you know, Moses Malone and, of course, Dr. J, Andrew Tony, 
who was a true Celtic assassin, uh, Mo Cheeks. So it was just terrific stuff. Of course, it went. They had great series as way before that. Uh, going back to the '60s, Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell. Of course, the Celtics owned them for years. Well, they rang up eight titles, but in 1967, the Sixers, with the great team of Will Chamberlain, Billy Cunningham, Chet Walker, uh, among others, they broke through and finally beat the Celtics in a playoff series. And that was memorable as well. So it just goes on and on. And they played a couple times since. I remember going into a... Celtic Sixers playoff game with Allen Iverson. Uh, that was memorable. But uh, this matchup looks just incredible. Uh, the Sixers are perhaps the most fascinating team right now in the NFL. Uh, and, excuse me, NBA. Still thinking draft. Leftover draft in the weekend. But yeah, the uh, Joel Embiid is maybe the most interesting personality in the NBA today and what Ben Simmons is doing is just off the charts. Uh, JJ Redick has uh, just looked awesome for the Sixers. And so I just think that it's going to be uh, just a tremendous series. I really think that this is going to go back to those 1980s bird era playoff series for everything from physicality to nastiness to rivalry to uh, all of the above and hats off to the Celtics. I mean, for them to do what they're doing without obviously Kyrie Irving playing all year, Gordon Hayward, who obviously hasn't played all year given his injury in the opening game. Uh, Jalen Brown went out in the second quarter on Saturday night of game seven versus the Milwaukee Bucks. And, you know, they just look great. Uh, took care of business. Terry Rozier is just really coming on. He looks just amazing. Uh, he's pretty much filling in for Kyrie. So for the Celtics to, you know, uh, be here in round two, testament to them and their great coach, Brad Stevens. So you mix all this in with... Uh, the NFL draft over the weekend, the Red Sox with their hot start. They've cooled off a bit, but still in first place, obviously. Uh, so, uh, in effect, all four sports going this weekend when you th consider the draft. And uh, so just really one of the great weekends in Boston sports in recent memory. It was just fantastic. And uh, it's, a, it's about to get better. And lest I forget, head-to-head -head, tonight at 7 p.m., uh, an hour before the Celtics tip off is uh, the Bruins and the Lightning. Bruins, of course, won a game seven uh, last Wednesday against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So Boston hosted two game sevens in a span of 72 hours. Doesn't get any better than that. And, uh, and then the Bruins just smoked the Lightning on Saturday afternoon, uh, a mere couple hours before the Celtics game seven. So uh, we'll see what they do tonight. But, boy, they're, they've already taken home field home ice advantage back and uh, should be a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, uh, Boston is as excited as I've seen it since, uh, oh, well, Super Bowl week. 
Um, we're very lucky up here. Uh, the good times just keep rolling. So my bizarre story of the week is the end of the Oklahoma City Thunder Utah Jazz uh, series in the elimination game. It was the one of the craziest last minute or so's that you would ever want to see where the Thunder down three got like four or five offensive rebounds in the last minute, minute and a half, kept putting up shots. None of them would go. And it was just remarkable to watch how they kept getting these offensive rebounds and just could not get the ball in the bucket. And then capped off by Russell Westbrook having words with a fan as he exited the court. And uh, so just a, a great series to watch. And, I guess all you can say about the uh, Thunder bringing in Carmelo and Paul George, uh, but yet a first-round exit in a series that didn't even go seven, uh, has to be a disappointment. So should be interesting to see uh, what happens with the Thunder here in the offseason, uh, to put it mildly. Uh, my low light of the week is the bad call yesterday marring the Penguins' capitals series uh looked like uh, the caps had a 3-1 lead looked like the penguins had a goal that tied it the announcers thought it was a goal replay seemed to show it was a goal uh just inside the net and like by a a hair uh it went to review a lengthy review and really tough to tell no doubt about it but the goal was disallowed and then the Caps took it from there to uh, to hang on to the 3-1 lead and win the game. Uh, just always a shame when uh, these types of things are so critical and denied us what would have been a fascinating finish, I'm sure, with the Penguins. Uh, only down one goal would have been 3-2 with a lot of hockey left to play, so that would have been awesome given the history uh, the Caps Penguins, the Caps failure to break through. Uh, they were looking at going down 2-0 like they did to Columbus and to their credit, come back and won four straight. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, watched it yesterday at a, the there's a Pittsburgh sports organization, so to speak, meaning all the Pittsburgh transplants who live in Boston that get together for all the big games, went into that yesterday. Crowded as always, whether it's Steelers, Penguins, or even Pirates. And uh, so it was a great time yesterday. Very, uh, very loud crowd as always. And uh, so it was a lot of fun. And speaking of hockey, hockey's really gone Hollywood with these elaborate pregame shows. I saw my first one from Las Vegas. Uh, last week, Las Vegas Golden Knights, I think it was game one against San Jose. And they do a tremendous game, pregame show. Like, there's no other word for it. Makes sense. It's Vegas, but it's Game of Thrones-like, given the, of course, name Golden Knights. Uh, just really, really well done, choreographed, uh, only in Vegas. And then in Nashville, they've traditionally, for the last couple of years, been doing this uh, thing with who's going to be uh, the national anthem singer. And last night was 
fabulous when none, no other than uh, Carrie Underwood come out. It's always a surprise. Everybody gets pumped for it down there. And she's married to one of the Nashville Predators. So she did a great job. Uh, and one of the cool things before the show was, uh, before the game was, and it was a show, where uh, where the Marcus Mariota and the Tennessee Titans offensive line were basically uh, shotgunning beers and uh, out of a catfish. Catfish is what's thrown on the ice pregame by the Predator fans, and they just love their Preds down in Nashville. So it's really, really quite a show. And just to close out, can't uh, can't end the first segment without just touching base on uh, LeBron, who did it again yesterday. Just a spectacular game seven. He is as close to a one-man team as there is in all of sports. It's just uh, fascinating. I think he had 26 first-half points. Uh, reminded me of the game six when he was with uh, the Miami Heat up here in Boston when they were facing elimination in the garden and he had one of the great athletic performances I've ever seen. Well, yesterday was right there with it. And uh, it's good to see LeBron in the playoffs. You, you know, he's, uh, you know, you may like him, you may not like him, but uh, the NBA playoffs are better with him around. And of course, we're used to having him around. He had never had a first round exit in his career. And he just showed up again and just totally dominated game seven yesterday. So now let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call in expert, AP Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports. So we're going to obviously talk some NFL draft. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 
347-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call an expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, John, great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's our pleasure, that's for sure, and a uh, huge weekend all around in sports, but figure we'll get right to your area of expertise, which, of course, is football and NFL draft, a uh, very exciting time for everyone, and uh, Alabama football, they did it again on the draft, right? Much in demand, Alabama players. It was unbelievable, John. Uh, I had an inclination that they would break a record for the school and I guess the league because they had, I think it was uh, 14 or 15 invited invited to the combine, not including Bradley Bozeman, the center, and Cam Sins, a wide receiver. Um, Bradley ended up getting drafted, but wasn't invited to the combine. So I I had a feeling, a strong feeling, intuition that they would they would break the re- their school record of 10 and they did they had 12 drafted that's the all-time school record huh school record is is, is a 12 sure is oh my gosh that's just amazing and you know the drafting of bradley bozeman who was not invited to the combine if i heard you correctly is just a true testament to the program right it's just basically saying well if he played at alabama uh you know, he's worth drafting, combine or no combine, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, yeah. That's the way I see it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had some some players that uh, were on the reserve, kind of the reserves, really, that were even drafted. Yeah, yeah. Again, just a tribute to their program and obviously the coaching, the coaches uh, and Nick Saban. I mean, you know, the immediate assumption for many NFL executive would just be, well, you know, if he played, if he went and played at Alabama, then, you know, he's well coached. I mean, that, that's just easily, uh, you, you know, easily answered. And so, wow, that, that, that's just like next level stuff never before seen, if you really kind of think about it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and then you look at the conferences, John, the way it broke down. The SEC had 53. A, a league like the Pac-12 had 30. Big 12 had 20. Wow. Big 10. Yeah. ACC was right near them at 45. So that that says it all right there. Domin- yeah, dominating the athletes. I mean, they have so many in the SEC. Uh, but Alabama, like I said, they've always done more, I think, as, as much as they can with their athletes. They, they, they reach their potential most of, I think. Yeah, and you can't understate the importance of that, uh, you know, especially now that they've set a record and, you know, the SEC in general, but specifically Alabama because with all the, you know, with all the terrific things that Nick Saban walks into a recruit's house with, uh, you know, there's nothing better he can say to any recruit than you come to Alabama, you're likely to get drafted, period. I mean, that just, there's just nothing else he needs to add to that. I mean, the, the national championships, everything speak for themselves, but what a high school kid really, really wants to hear is, you know, if I go to your school, 
will that get me to the NFL? That's what it's really all about. And no one can say it better than Nick Saban, right? Absolutely. And then, John, there was another five at this point who signed free agent contracts. So that's 17 that will get a chance. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. Uh, well, again, now the first Alabama player taken, if I'm not mistaken, was Minka Fitzpatrick. Is that correct? That's correct, John. Sure. And, uh, that was not a surprise, but uh, last year the first player taken was Marlon Humphrey, which was a slight surprise. Right. My right. But, but this year it held suit that Minka, who was a projected first player to be drafted, uh, that's the way it all worked out. He went to the Miami Dolphins at number 11. Miami Dolphins, okay. And he's highly regarded. Like, Did I hear something like he's his nickname is like Nick, Nick Saban's son or something like that? Or they refer to him that <laughs> yeah, way? Right. Did I hear that right, correctly? Right. That's what they refer to him, yeah. He's very smart, and he came in as a freshman and uh, was able to perform magnificently uh, and absorb that thick, thick defensive playbook, which is very difficult. And the self-proclaimed highest-paid graduate assistant with Nick Saban is there to instruct him. So, uh, But he's, he was good since day one, as was the nose tackle, Deron Payne. Yes, Deron Payne, you know, he's the kind of guy, I mean, he makes plays. I mean, he, he made a, a number of memorable plays in the last year or two, like big time, correct? Game-changing plays. Oh, yeah, absolutely, sure. He sure did. Yeah, he had some unbelievable athletic moments for a big man. Exactly. That's what I remember. Yeah, and yeah he, he caught the touchdown pass, I think it was. And yeah, he was something special. He really was, uh, and I loved, and I'm guessing you did too, I would think all Alabama fans would, uh, the drafting by the Atlanta Falcons of Calvin Ridley, fabulous, fabulous player, probably the best receiver in the country this past year, but, you know, the irony, whatever, of him now teaming up with Julio Jones, arguably the best receiver in the NFL, just has to have... Falcons fans salivating, not to mention, you know, he's staying as close to home as you can stay, right? This side of New Orleans, uh, playing down south. So I I have to believe everybody's just loving that move. Oh, oh yeah, there's no question that people love having Calvin and and Julio on the same team because one of them is going to get a big, a big time chance. Correct. Exactly. So I, I think I, I, Ellis yeah. is probably on on, Cal, on Calvin. I think because it'll be double teaming Julio, so Calvin it's a great situation for him. It's just fabulous. Yes, a great situation for Calvin, and you know, for both of them all around. I mean, they already have a high-powered offense in Atlanta, as we well know. But boy, you add him, and if he turns out to be what many people think he will be, which is immediate impact, top player. You, you, you know. Given his college career, uh, big games to say the least, uh, that could just, their offense could be nearly unstoppable. And, you know, you look at him and he's the kind of guy that could just walk in day one and, you know, one of those rare receivers that makes it just an instant impact, like Julio Jones. Yeah, that's what he did as a freshman, John. Uh, Julio was a, is a top receiver in the Nick Saban era. Then comes Amari Cooper, just a notch below, and then Calvin is a notch below that. And that that's saying that they're all tremendous players. I mean, there's, you'd be lucky to have any of the three on your team. 
Correct. No, I, I love the move. I really did. I just thought, you know, I just thought there, there was a certain symmetry to them doing that. I thought it sent all kinds of messages. And, you know, Julio Jones would make it a little noise lately with, I guess, took off his Falcon stuff off Instagram or something. But I think it's like, you know, it's just saying, you know, we love Julio. We're going to love Calvin Ridley. And, you know, we're going to pair them up together. And I just think it's just a great, you know, bold, somewhat brash move. And, uh, and again, just sets up that offense to be downright scary coming up. Yeah, I mean, they, they kind of stumbled last year, brought a new offensive coordinator, Steve Sarkeesian. And I think they were, uh, you know, Julio was probably, and the whole offense was, you know, wasn't utilized properly. So hopefully that first year kinks are out of the system. And Steve Sarkeesian is able to incorporate Julio and Calvin catching a lot of passes because they have Matty Ice, Matt Ryan. Right. He's a, he, he has he's an exceptional quarterback when he's playing well. I mean, he has exactly. all the ability, can make all the throws. Uh, they, their offense kind of sputtered at times last year, quite quite a few games. Correct. Uh, they didn't two years ago when they went to the Super Bowl, and we all know what happened there, but they made an unbelievable run through the playoffs to get there. And, you know, let, and you said it perfectly about Matt Ryan, Boston College boy who I saw play many times in college. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, look at it from the Calvin Ridley point of view, and you know, he has to be beyond thrilled. Um, you know, he's going to be catching passes for Matt Ryan. Uh, and is he, is he local? Just out of curiosity, is he from like Alabama, a southern southern like guy? Calvin's from South Florida, just like Amari Cooper. Oh, okay, South Florida. All right, um, Broward County, that area, Lauderdale. Uh, I think it's like around with that Coconut Creek. Is that yeah? Coconut yeah. Creek. I think that is right. Yeah, no, that's the area I'm thinking. Um, right. Well, it's just great. Uh, now, who are some of the other top selections? Uh, what are the one or two other guys that went in the first round with Alabama? Yeah, Rashawn Evans, who was a very talented and athletic linebacker. It took him a few years to get on the field, John, to find his, his groove. But he can rush uh, from the inside or the outside, I think preferably the outside. He went to the Tennessee Titans. And we mentioned uh, Deron uh, Payne, the nose tackle. He, John, I was at his, actually at his high school signing at Shades Valley High School. Wow. Uh, I guess it's four years ago now. And, and like I said, he was an exceptional football player in the very first game that he was at Alabama. He he was able to plug that middle, and then you saw more of his athleticism throughout the three years that he was on the team. Uh, he's going to make a fine pro and be around for a long time if he stays healthy. So they they got a good one, and uh, you know those four were taken in the first round: Mika, Calvin, uh, Duran, and Rashawn Evans. And then and where do we had a go ahead? Go ahead. No, you go yeah, ahead. Yeah, Duran's from right there in Birmingham, and uh, yeah, so he. He's a local ball player, but they had a way through the second round with zero picks, and then the third round was Ronnie Harrison, the safety. Ronnie was the type of player, uh, John, he's always around the football, even when he was young. He's making his way into the lineup. He's tipping the ball, making interceptions, good tackler, kind of long and lanky, so he's with Jacksonville. 
Yeah, so he'll he'll make a he'll make a good pro as well, I believe. And who did Duran go with, by the way? Oh, John. He went to Washington. And okay. Ryan Anderson from last year and Jonathan Allen. So that might be like the fearsome threesome. A re- reunion. On the defensive line. Well, <laughs> I'm sure Washington's happy about that. Uh, well, hard to believe, AP. We're at the end of our first segment. So uh, why don't we take a break now, but still have a lot to get to on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all of our show archives on demand, all from your iOS, Amazon Kindle, or Android device. Download it from the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-294. 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. Segment three, excuse me, of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports. And A.P., we talked 
NFL draft last segment. I'd like to stick with that for a bit. Uh, I, of course, am up here 20 minutes from Gillette Stadium, and uh, as much interest as you can possibly have anywhere for a low-round draft pick uh, exists here with the Patriots selecting LSU quarterback Danny Etling. Any quarterback they choose, given Tom Brady's age and whatnot, and Jimmy Garoppolo and all of it, is big news up here. And uh, I like the pick myself. Uh, Everybody seems to. And really two reasons. Uh, Number one, he's from a big program, LSU. And number two, and what really jumped out at me was AP that he only threw five picks. So, uh, So he takes care of the ball which you cannot overemphasize the importance to Bill Belichick. So uh, he's in the SEC, so I'm sure you're familiar with him. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm sure one of the prime reasons that Bill Belichick selected Danny Etling was because of the turnovers were low. So, you know, he, he's from in, uh, Indiana, Terre Haute, and he played at LSU, which has been uh, notably – underutilizing their talent at the quarterback position. I mean, it's Correct. really their Achilles heel, John. They have these NFL receivers, and, and they, they come to the league and become fantastic. And you're saying, where do these guys come from? We never heard about them down in Baton Rouge. I mean, you know, so that's – I'm sure Belichick likes his physical size and his, uh, his knowledge of the game, and his, uh, he doesn't throw the interception. And he played at Purdue for a couple of years, John, before he transferred to LSU. He played sparingly uh, the first two years. He threw about less than 100 passes, uh, I think it was. And uh, so he went to LSU and played quite a bit uh, the last two years. And, but just it didn't do him much good to transfer to LSU. But he's in the NFL now, has a chance to uh, perform and, and get a roster spot. Yeah, well, that's an interesting backstory. I, I was not aware of all of that, uh, some of it. But, I mean, he got on the field at LSU, you know, uh, in big games before big crowds playing SEC football. So, uh, you know, he, he he knows what to do on a big stage for sure. And, yeah, you know, I remember watching him and, you know, he, he had his moments, uh, you know, their, their last two years of – not been overly spectacular, but they're always good. I mean, they're always in the hunt or competitive or whatever, or a team that uh, most teams don't want to play, you know, LSU. They have a rich history. And uh, so, yeah, again, it's uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, you know, it, it, I mean, he's a name that, you know, even casual college football fans are familiar with. Like, you know, obviously I instantly recognized it. Remember the times I saw him because, you know, any college football fan is going to come across a few LSU games every year that they're going to watch. And uh, so, yeah, but that whole, uh, you know, the whole Indiana-Purdue backstory, pretty fascinating, actually. That's interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, John, just to make a correction, he did throw for 149 passes as a freshman in 89, his second year at Purdue. So his final numbers, he had 43 touchdowns. Overall, and uh, 19 interceptions, seven, five, five, and two. Only two last year with 16 touchdowns this senior season. Wow! So even even better than I said. I think I said he had five picks. So two picks, 
And how many touchdowns his senior year? Uh, 16. Okay, well, that's not a big number, but boy, the, the two interceptions over the course of a year is like very impressive. So yeah, it all fits. It's a classic Belichick pick. Uh, do you happen to know his size offhand? Uh, yeah, he's in the six foot two range, John, uh, or or six three range, about two fifteen. Perfect, perfect. And he, and he, and he yeah, he threw you know two hundred seventy five passes, so only two interceptions. That's that's very good. That's those are some impressive numbers. I, I you know, uh, I can see where all of that would be very appealing to Belichick. Uh, not to mention that. Uh, I think it's safe to say they have a pretty good history with drafting quarterbacks in a low round, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And what was he, what was he taking? The sixth or seventh, something like that, right? One ninety nine, last pick of the sixth round, if I remember correctly. I'm certain. I don't have to think twice to know it was one ninety nine. In fact, it was fun over the weekend, AP, because that pick now has like become memorialized. That's now known as like the Tom Brady Memorial Pick one ninety nine. It's its own thing. <laughs> <laughs> which I just thought was really cool, um, yes. and well deserved, by the way. Let's 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 not forget to mention that. Uh, if if any player in NFL history ever deserved to be a memorial pick forever, it's certainly Tom Brady. Yeah, absolutely. And John it used to be your your jersey number. Now it's where you're selected in the draft. It, it's go, gone one step further. Yes, exactly. And oh, by the way, just while we're on the topic, I mean. You know, over at the Patriots Pro Shop and all the shops around Gillette Stadium, they sell T-shirts that just simply say 199. There's nothing else on the T-shirt. Just 199. Nobody in New England has to think twice about what it is. It's just 199. That's all it says. So it's great. Uh, but yeah, you know, it was even funny. AP, I was watching. You know, finding myself on Saturday as I was catching bits and pieces of the draft. Just, you know, as they're getting into the as you know, as we move along in day three into the four, <clears throat> fourth, fifth, sixth round, you know, I just found myself thinking like about Tom Brady and like, is there, you know, making picks 150 and 170 and 180. And I'm thinking like, <clears throat> you know, what must it have been like for Brady, you know, uh, the, you know, that, that day that he finally was drafted, which was obviously the last day. Uh, I know it was a different format back then, but, uh, yeah, you know, I just, again, you know, it's amazing when you think back on it, because as they're making these lower round picks, I'm just thinking of what it must've been like for Brady that day. We all know the story. I mean, up here we do that, you know, he went out walking around the neighborhood in San Mateo where he lives, where he grew up and, you know, just out of his mind, upset, as you can well imagine, and uh, and then finally got the call, and we all know the rest of the story. But uh, anyway, you know, interesting picks, you know, up high. I mean, Cleveland Browns, We, you know, I think they shocked most people with Baker Mayfield. Obviously, about 48 hours before the draft, it started to leak out. And I, for one, yeah, I was surprised. I think most people were. But, you know, by the time we got to the actual pick, you know, it, it wasn't that much of a surprise because it had been talked about for two days. But nonetheless, in the grand scheme of things, if even a week ago somebody would have said, oh, Baker Mayfield's going to be the number one pick of the Browns, there would have been a lot of shock, I think. Don't you? Oh, yeah, I think so. 
And, and John, one other thing to mention before we forget is there's the Connecticut UConn connection. John Dorsey, right, linebacker from UConn. Hmm. That's right. That's right. Well, he is. Uh, you know, he's become a household word, household name, all of a sudden. <laughs> you know, he never got that in Kansas City, despite what was a, a terrific, uh, you know, GM career down there, but. Now he's just like, you know, everybody knows his name. What else can you say? Yeah, and and I think their second selection was uh, interesting because you thought they might have wanted wanted to have the bookends with uh, drafting uh, the defensive lineman from North Carolina State. Correct. Rush the pass. Bradley Chubb. The big defensive Yeah, they got the the, the big defensive end from Texas A&M the year or so before. Miles Garrett. That, that, yeah, that's that's how uh, Miles Garrett. That's how uh, Dem- the Denver Broncos defeated the Carolina Panthers when they rushed Cam Newton with the, the defensive ends. Right. Not to mention, how, you know, how they beat the Patriots a couple years ago in the AFC Championship game with Von Miller and that defensive line wreaking havoc. Um, yeah, the, yeah, the, out there in Denver. Right. The linebacker, defensive end, the edge rushers. Yes, correct. So yes, well, they chose to go with the cornerback, Denzel Ward of Ohio State. Exactly, exactly. Well, you never know what they're going to do, and they proved it yet again with both picks, one and four. Of course, I was loving Saquon Barkley at number two. Uh, I think it's just going to be great um, to see how he does down in New York City. I think it's just awesome. I love the fact he's still in the Northeast. He has New York roots, as a matter of fact, and uh you know, I give them credit, New York. Like, they're going, you know, they're, they're you know, they didn't draft a, a new quarterback to potentially replace Eli. They basically said, you know, despite their record, that they feel they have a lot. And Eli's going to be around for the next couple of years. And, you know, they're, they're expecting to be competitive again. And I do, too. I expect him to make a Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott type of impact uh, for sure. Uh, everybody even says, you know, most everybody even believes he's the best running back to come out above both Elliott and Gurley. So I see him on week one thriving. We shall see. I, obviously, I'm a fan, but uh, uh, I love the pick. That's for sure. Yeah, Saquon Barkley, I thought he's one of the better running backs I've seen in quite a while. He's really versatile, catch the football and you get him in space, he's difficult to, to tackle because he has the speed and the power. He might run you over. So the New York Giants, as you said, stay in the cold weather area. He's yep. familiar with playing that type of football, which is it's critical, really, because a lot of times oh, yeah. they make the mistake of draft, drafting a warm-weather player. and They don't adapt very well. Correct. And uh, Plus, he's a great blocker to boot. So uh, I'm, I'm sure that was even a piece of it, given Eli being a pocket passer. And uh, just to close out this segment, of course, uh, speaking of New York, the Jets moved up. They got, one would assume, the man they wanted in Sam Darnold from USC. Uh, You know, uh, so uh, who knows exactly what they were thinking, but something tells me that's what they were thinking. They moved up, gave up, you know, a a pretty significant package to to move up just a few spots uh, but I sense that that's the guy they wanted. 
John, they must have made the evaluation that will take a, a couple of different quarterbacks, and Sam Darnold was one of them. Uh, he has all the potential to be a very good player, but in his senior season, I think he made quite a few errors. Uh, but he, he chose to come out, and uh, we'll see what happens. In New York, this is the second time they've taken a USC quarterback in the first round, uh, Mark right. Sanchez, some years ago. Exactly right. Uh, and he's the one that Pete Carroll said wasn't ready. It didn't look like it in the short term, but in the end, I think Pete was probably right about that. And uh, Well, if they needed to feel good about it, or if they want to feel good about it, all they have to do is throw in that USC Penn State Rose Bowl, and they'll feel pretty good about drafting Sam Darnold, I'd say. <laughs> um, right. Forget a senior year. Just watch the Rose Bowl. <laughs> um, Penn, Penn State fans certainly will never forget it. Uh, well, AP, uh, here we are at the end of our second segment together. So why don't we take our final break and still a few more things to get to on the other side. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is, again, just nonstop NBA and NHL playoff games. Great time of year. And uh, tonight here in Boston, we have uh, the Bruins Lightning at 7 p.m. Eastern. Game one of Celtic Sixers going old school without rivalry at 8 p.m. And uh, it's going to be another great week of fabulous NHL and NBA postseason action. And AP, uh, we've been talking NFL draft here for the past uh, couple segments, but 
I want to stick with football and specifically college football and one of our favorite subjects, really, which is Jim Harbaugh, Michigan coach who took his team on its second trip. Last year, he went to Rome. This year, this weekend, he took them to Paris, uh, where they've been all week and and arrived, I think, first thing Friday morning on the overnight flight, like we all do when we go to Europe. Uh, so they've been in Paris, and then yesterday did a day trip to Normandy. Uh, I've been particularly loving it because I made the exact same trip, uh, hard to believe, almost four years ago, and stayed in Paris, took a day trip to Normandy, D-Day beaches, Omaha Beach and the like, and it was just one of the more unforgettable days of my life. Michigan was there yesterday. And Marty Smith from ESPN has just been, he's with the team, has been filing nonstop reports uh, a couple every day, new ones on SportsCenter. And, but yesterday was the best with the Normandy stuff. And AP, it's just been fabulous. I just love, and I mean love, that Jim Harbaugh does this. Yeah, he's a coach that really broadens the perspective for his athletes. I mean, and he takes them across the ocean. What did they? They went to Italy and they've been yep. to Florida before. So, yep. I mean, when you're attending the University of Michigan, you can have the chance, of course, of playing the Rose Bowl, which is fantastic. But these other trips in the springtime, they would have to rank right up there with some of those moments as well. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I, I think I have a personal connection to it because. Uh, he went to Rome last year, and I went to Rome two years ago. And so as I watch these reports, they're, you know, of course, coming right from the famous places, you know, whether it was last year from the Vatican or the Colosseum. And then this year, it's, of course, uh, the Eiffel Tower, the Champs-Élysées, the Arc de Triomphe, all of which I myself have been, both Rome and Paris, in the last couple of years. And I just think that... Uh, you know, I, I think it's going to become a thing with a lot of different colleges. The bonding clearly is incredible. By the way, one of the more interesting parts was they interviewed yesterday Jim Harbaugh's father, a famous coach in his own right, lifelong coach. And the emotion exhibited yesterday at, at Omaha Beach plus the cemetery and we all know the cemetery from the beginning of Saving Private Ryan, of course, uh, was just really spectacular from college kids totally getting it, understanding it, extremely articulate and recognizing exactly where they were and what had happened there, right up to Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh's father, I think it's actually Jim Sr., I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, right up into, uh, you know, Jim Sr., speaking with great emotion as he stood in the cemetery talking about what it meant to him and you know uh and again it was just unbelievable the the sights and the sounds michigan laid a wreath uh at the cemetery and what was interesting is that the michigan history department went back and checked and found that seven Michigan Wolverines were killed on D-Day and were buried in the exact cemetery where they were yesterday above Omaha Beach. So pretty cool stuff, to say the least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Touching. Sure is. 
Yeah. And, and Marty Smith does just, you know, such a great job. Uh, you know, he was solemn when he needed to be solemn yesterday in the same light. He had a lot of fun when they were back in Paris, you know, whether it's eating baguettes or, uh, standing on the Champs-Élysées talking about what, what the Arc de Triomphe was. So he was just handled it beautifully. Again, he did the same thing in Rome last year and, for me, it really hits home, and uh, uh, I, I guess with Jim Harbaugh, I'll just say great minds think alike. We both know the good places to go to. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I, I just think it's – I mean, who even has the imagination to think you could take your team to the Vatican and D in Paris? And, uh, I, I just – I give them an A-plus for, for attempting those things and executing – those trips absolutely and by the way he and his father and the players all spoke eloquently about just what it's all about what what is this trip about what does it mean what's its purpose which is of course team bonding and you know educating these kids uh you know about other areas of the world and you know jim harbaugh's father put it perfectly he said you know in 30 years <clears throat> when they think back on their time playing football at the university of michigan they're not going to be thinking about you know uh the, the touchdown pass they caught or whatever against ohio state they're going to be thinking about rome paris and normandy and i think he's 100 percent right i i think so too i mean nothing to delva mark uh, you know, at their uh, at the University of Michigan and their career, I and mean, that's what they're going to remember the most, I believe, is that trip to those couple of trips overseas to Europe and those special places, the Vatican and Normandy and Paris. And so, you know, Jim Harbaugh, he should be commended. Yes, yeah, so, and oh, by the way, just to take it a step further, when we got out to Normandy, we started our day at the Caen Museum, C A E N, right near the beaches. It's the closest big quote big city to. Omaha Beach, and they have this fabulous museum there uh, where we spent a couple of hours before we even went. And when you go there, you're educated. By the time you leave there after an hour or two, you know what you're heading into at Omaha Beach. And that's exactly what Michigan did. They did the exact same trip I did, like to the hour. And they so they showed all these scenes from the Con Museum, which was really just for me, you know, uh, great memories and just uh, that's the way you do Omaha Beach which of course you don't know until you're there that you start your day at a museum that like lays it all out for you uh, so anyway uh, you know hats off to Jim Harbaugh I, I just think you know uh, he, he really gets it uh, at a higher level than just about anybody else in college I just think it's terrific and I predict it's going to be a trend uh, with a lot of colleges going forward, I really do. Yeah, I think so, John. And, if, and, I, and I, I suspect he's going to have a good football team if he's there yep. long enough because that's been his M.O. throughout his coaching career. Absolutely, absolutely. I, he's always had success as a coach. I, I, I predict that's coming too. So, AP, hard to believe we're at the end of our show, but thanks as always for your contributions, particularly the... Alabama viewpoint of the NFL draft and uh, great to see the tide breaking records yet again for a number of players drafted. It's, it's nothing short of amazing and good for them. Another milestone, John, it's, it's incredible. Every year you think that he's not, 
he's done it all, and next thing you know, he sets another milestone. Exactly. It's so impressive. Well, thanks again, and uh, as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again on Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And we'll talk sports again next week.